0: This is Pam Torrey from Engage, and you're listening to the Engaged podcast. We know tech is changing the way people market and sell now more than ever. And on this show, I sit down with sales and marketing thought leaders and experts to learn how you can create, share, and measure your way to success. Today we're chatting with Ryan Groth, founder of Sales Transformation Group, the leader in sales and service coaching for residential and commercial contractors. He'll be sharing his expertise in all things sales and how you can achieve success in any sales environment. Thanks for being here, Ryan.
1: Thank you, Pam. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I'm also quite jazzed.
0: <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's, we're, we're recording this towards the end of my day, so I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's get it done. Let's talk, Ryan. So, I'm really excited that you were able to be here. Um, to kick us off, can you give listeners a snapshot of your background and what drove you to start Sales Transformation Group or STG?
1: Yeah. So, background is I'm an athlete, you know, once an athlete, always an athlete, love sports, love competing, love teams, and uh, love the process uh, that sports has brought to my life as a young, young person. And I carried it over to my young adult life as I played. Uh, Division one baseball, and then I got drafted twice and played with the Angels. Not very long, didn't play a super long time, but it gave me a taste, and it was a r- really cool springboard toward just uh, the rest of my life. And I realized that my personality and the, the traits that I carry and that many people out there in the world carry fit so well in the sales. And whenever I was kind of out there thinking sales, I was like, oh, it's negative. It was like a bad thing. I was like, I don't want to be a salesperson. But when I really found out what sales was, what it was about, I, I fell in love. I was like, wow! I've been selling my whole life. I've been selling people onto why you should, you know, have me on your team and why you should recruit me and why I should be a great, you know, a, a per- participant in your team or why I should be the leader or the team captain. And and I found myself, uh, you know, my wife married me and got different leaders support into me different things. And uh, when I realized that sales is such an all pervasive concept of self reflection of transformation and when people are you're selling they're really buying you and if they reject you or they buy into you uh that's going to help you know that's going to be a difference maker in your career and the money you can make and and so just as a person who uh, got into the industry uh through some mentorship through a technology company uh, i started to see the wider opportunity and just loved the the industry that we're serving and how maybe underprofessionalized could be a word or underserved and i just felt like there was an opportunity for me to bring leadership atmosphere of sales training, coaching methodology, where people can you know live in this high integrity way of going about sales and really start to bring some dignity uh, where there wasn't and maybe some, some some sophistication and vision to have a career in the sales industry in contracting. So that's really why I started this company a little over five years ago. And, and since then, we've helped closing in on about a thousand companies, uh, thousands of salespeople and counting.
0: Yeah, I think that's so interesting. We tend to forget that there are so many transferable skills from other industries, other activities, hobbies, extracurriculars growing up that really do translate into sales. Like my background is in opera performance. And I got into sales because I was like, I get told no constantly. Like everybody tells me no. They constantly tell me they don't want me. So I think I would do great at sales (laughs) because I'm used to being told no, picking myself up and going on. So I think that that overlap from sports is so important to think about because you're used to taking coaching. You're used to giving, getting and giving feedback. You're used, used to all being of that.
1: Measured, right? Used to being measured and evaluated and criticized for those things, right? You're used to that. You're like, yeah, sure, let's go. How do I get better? And you know that mindset carries well to sales Or people who don't have uh, maybe that type of uh, experience growing up. They may really be, take it personal or they feel like they can't do it and their muscles just aren't developed uh, mentally and emotionally psychologically to endure sales because it's tough it is uh, tough but, but it's also it's also psychologically like a drug like a great thing to have positive momentum and to make sales and to get wins you feel like you're on fire the money's so, starting to flow in and it is very addicting and in uh, a very healthy way of being addicted in my opinion because it's a. Uh, if what you're selling better is bettering, bettering the lives of others and uh, you're able to, you know, uh, live a good life and serve people well, I think it's a fantastic thing.
0: So I know that STG has a pretty unique system with the acronym ATTMO. Um, could you tell us a little bit about a, what that means and then what are some of the elements to that system and how has this system helped business owners to succeed?
1: Yeah. So Atmo is like our, our pathway It's mapping out. Like when someone works with us, this is the way in which we help them. We use this system and then we have different systems within the system. Like baseline selling is the sales methodology we teach and instill that has a sales system. But Atmo is the transformation system to help them grow their business. So first thing we do is we analyze. So we analyze every sales manager and every sales rep. So, you know, Pam, you certainly look like you've gone through some personal health transformation and gotten some fitness coaching because clearly you're in incredible shape, right? So what they would do is uh, they would come to you and they say, Hey, what kind of results do you want? Well, I want to really be successful and achieve this. Okay, cool. Well, let's start to you know measure some things and see where your holes are. We don't do that um, with some subjective opinion. We use a, a tool, that analyzes every selling competency that we believe is going to be uh, indicative of great sales success. And it's going to measure each of those competencies and say, Hey, this is an area for improvement. And if we worked on this, it would really demonstrate growth areas so that if we change those things, you'll see a huge increase. A lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is motivation, goal setting, and then a lot of it is tactical. So it's tactical sales skills. And what we call selling competencies. So what we'll do is, we're first, we'll measure that. We'll also look at their numbers, see what their sales reps are doing, what their you know numbers are, and then the next step is we 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 train. So analyze and then train. We sales train using a sales system that we use called Baseline Selling, uh, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, there's Sandler sales and Challenger sale, and there's all these different sales spin selling, gap selling. Uh, baseline selling is what we use. It's actually a baseball diamond. So it's really easy to kind of know where you are. It's all baseball sports thing. And it's an easy uh, sell for me. And I was like, we God. love
0: a consistent metaphor.
1: Yeah, it's I consistent. It. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, um, and so, you know, what, what we do is we start to implement that system and then transform ATT. So analyze, train, transform. We see a transformation in a few different ways. One is we may have sales reps that just don't you know, don't need to be there anymore, right? Maybe that's just not, they they just don't wanna grow. They don't wanna level up. And so we replace them and level up the team. Uh, We also through management coaching and cadence and sales management meetings and ongoing coaching and ongoing training, they're gonna see a transformation in their mindset because we believe that habits is what dictates what we do just about every day, right? And our mind needs to create those habits and focus consciously uh there's this there's this whole thing called conscious competency right and so right now um i probably don't know how incompetent of an opera singer that i am Um, but then when you tell me and you give me an analysis and you show me how much improvement i need then i become consciously incompetent so now i'm consciously incompetent but then you coach me and you teach me how to go high and low and how to hold my breath longer and hold my tune longer now i'm becoming consciously competent when I focus on that thing long enough. And, and when I make it a priority, and it's it takes my effort, then I can do it. And it's like, cool, this is great. But then through time, you become unconsciously competent, where you can just really naturally without even thinking about it, have effortless skill,
0: It's like and muscle that's memory. It.
1: That's it that we want we want to like you could see what somebody's all about by how effortlessly they can do skillful things. And so, what I am on a mission to do is see the effortless skill be demonstrated to grow and make sales happen, right? When it comes to hunting and fishing, you know, I'm kind of a uh, city guy that has like a desire to be a redneck deep down. I wanna be one, but I'm not good. I'm not doing it. I've never done it enough. And so, I'm like, I'll pay for a fishing tour guide to catch it for me, basically, all but catch it and reel it in. And I like being there, I like taking the pictures, but I'm not doing the work to actually become really good at that, I'm just focusing on other things. So we wanna see that in sales. So then, and then uh, and then we have, so it's analyze, train, transform, two Ts, and then we have M, which is measure. And so we, we work more closely with some than other clients. And the ones that we work really closely with, we actually measure their daily activity, their weekly activity, and so to look at some major numbers like closing ratio, selling cycle, average ticket, things like that um, but we also re-measure sell, similar selling competencies we did in the beginning in the analyze phase where we have them take that assessment again and see what kind of progress we made and then we have the optimize phase and this is really where we get to the last phase this is an ongoing phase of continuous improvement you don't optimize once you just find other opportunities to optimize like you've ever watched the movie you know four versus ferrari you know, and what they did was they wanted to build the Ford that could beat the Ferrari because the Ferrari guy was uh, told Henry Ford something and it offended him. And he's like, "We're going to beat you guys," and that's when they built this this you know amazing Ford uh, vehicle that competed and was was actually successful. And they all they did was constantly optimize, constantly optimize. And so, as as companies that we work with, we work with sales leaders who have enough information, enough understanding, enough of a standard, enough of an understanding of what it looks like, should look like, and what it ought to look like. And then we start to use data to start to make decisions on what needs to be optimized, right? What could be faster? What could be uh, more effective, right? What could be, what could improve the closing ratio? What's a weak point? And we take time to say, Hey, this is where maybe something like engage would be a great fit, right? To start optimizing this. And, uh, perhaps it's a, you know, it's a CRM or some sort of a, um, maybe it's a different teammate, maybe they need a coordinator, maybe they need a marketing business development person. All they do is focus on that. Or maybe it's a setter and somebody does canvassing and only sets appointments. So we get to that phase and it's more of a, of a consulting dynamic where we're like, all right, let's take a look and start to make some, some suggestions and recommendations. And so that's what Atmo is about. And uh, we found it to be uh, quite successful, Uh, but, you know, every company is going to have different abilities to get through it more quickly than others, because honestly, you just do admo over again. You just keep doing it. It never stops because you you uh, you you can always improve.
0: Yeah. So we have really seen a lot of evolution over the last few years like you said you started stg about five years ago i've been here for almost four years at engage will be actually will be about four years um and so i think we have seen like just intense transformation and evolution especially in the sales landscape in this industry but i know at the core there are always these timeless business practices timeless principles that we want to maintain because they, they work for a reason. They've been around for a long time for a reason. Can you name and you know talk about what are two of these principles that you think are just crucial to the foundation of any sales organization for their success?
1: Yeah, I mean prospecting. You know uh, if you have a, an organization that can prospect, um, I don't care if they're DMing you on Instagram or they're uh, knocking on your door or whatever it is, if they can inst- if they can prospect, they're gonna have appointments. And if you have appointments, you're going to have opportunities to to close. And if you have opportunities to close, you're going to grow, and you're going to make sales. And that's going to be the oxygen of your business. So I I think that top of funnel, uh, high volume ability to create opportunities, you know, for your organization, that's going to be timeless. I don't care where it is. You can, you know, if it's if you have AI doing the call, like if somebody's going to have to do the the outbound, whatever it may be. Uh, Not that I'm saying that's coming or anything, but what I do believe is prospecting is timeless. The other thing is consultative selling. Um, I believe that being a consultative salesperson is, uh, is a salesperson who asks good questions, somebody who asks great questions, and somebody who asks tough questions. And the way you know you've asked a good, great, or tough question is whenever you ask the question and the prospect says, man, that's a good question. And they have to think for a second. That's how you know. It's like, how do you know? That's how you know. And so my, my goal when I coach my sales professionals is try to make sure every conversation, when you're in that consultative selling phase of the sales process, try to get them to actually say back to you that that was a really good question, because when you do that, you start to change your position from, um, they hear everything you're saying and they can quickly respond back to you got them to think for a second. And if you get them to think for a second, that makes your status and your position more of an equal. And a consultant and an advisor. And if you'd never ask questions like that, then they're gonna either think they know more than you or you're selling something to them and they're not even gonna buy anyway, because there's not an engaged level of conscious thought that needs to be engaged, you know, connected in the process of that sale. So consultative selling and prospecting are huge. Um, There's more, but those right there, um, I'm a major proponent of.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that those, like, I think the way that we we do those things now has changed, but the actual action of them and the fact that you need them has not changed. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm, now, Sales Transformation Group has, has the word transform in it. So you're not just training people. You're not just you know over there telling them what to do. You're helping them to really transform their sales process. I would love to hear about a real world example of a business that you've helped to transform and like what kind of measurable impact has your program had on their sales performance and their organization overall?
1: Yeah, so I have you know, an example that I've, I've really enjoyed sharing several times this year is a roofing company um, in Ohio. And, and these guys really had no sales leader. The owner was just kind of lax, let salespeople do whatever they want, no program. Nothing like that. There was no system, and they just pretty much, you know, were worked off commission, rich commissions. They paid a lot of money. They were paid a lot of money. They made a lot of money. They didn't really have any standard to uphold, like at all. Just, just sell work, right? And you know, they were stuck. They were stuck for to, you know, a little bit more than about five million for years, and they never actually broke through that. And so once they actually got a sales director that adhered to a sales system and became a leader and held people accountable. And started to coach and started to measure uh, that transformed everything they went from 5 to 10 to 15 to 25 million year over year and that was that was phenomenal so now they're you know recruiting even better people um you know more talented individuals who you know could see that they're going to be a part of a a thriving organization um and the owner you know not quite frankly he's just he's very happy the last time we spoke he's like ryan i just want to say thank you for you You've literally changed my life. I'm out here and wherever with my wife for two weeks, and da 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 da. And it's like he he didn't have that before because he's a roofer who you know who didn't know how to build a a sales organization. And when he actually decided he needed to make that a priority, and he hired the right people, got a got a partner you know like us to give them guidance, and they actually installed like a engine in their vehicle that's gonna in there that's gonna work. They were able to go. To heights than they have never been before. So uh, yeah, that's one example that comes to mind.
0: See, you talked in that example a bit about accountability. um, And obviously in Atmo, the last two letters of that acronym are measure and optimize. So can you talk us through how businesses can effectively measure the success of their sales efforts? And what steps should they take to continually optimize their sales processes? I think A lot of people kind of get stuck with that like blank page effect when they think about measuring their business and don't really know where to start.
1: Yeah. So there's really two types of sales measurables. There's what's called leading indicators and then there's what's called lagging indicators. So, you know, we can measure that to determine success. When you you look at lagging indicators, those are actually like end results that, you know, like contracts sold. Great. That's important. Um, and we should measure contracts sold and dollars you know, sold. And we should look at our closing ratio. Uh, we should look at those things, right? Um, but what we don't know is what did it take? What did the salesperson do in his own accord, with his own skill, with his or her time to develop those sales? What are those things? And with every company, there may be a little different. But what are the things that they should and could do And if they were actually great at it and did it consistently? Would actually be the leading indicator to their sales success. So, what are the leading indicators to the sales success of any company? It's going to be prospecting. It's going to be meetings. It's going to be uh, meetings that they conducted and proposals they delivered. Those are some, you know, forward-thinking ones. And uh, there's also this, you know, partnership relationships. And there's also different types of influencers that can help. Uh, move the needle, you know, and influence buyers to be a part of, or, you know, reviews or getting referrals. Those are some leading indicators because I know this, if if somebody's doing enough activity and somebody, then they're going to have enough meetings. They have enough meetings. They're going to have enough proposals and have enough proposals. They're going to have enough sales. So where do you want them to go? How, how much is it going to take for them to get where they want them to go? What are the means and methods in which you want them to find those opportunities? What does that all look like? Go ahead and map it all out. And when you do that and you give it time, you may find that this number is the right number. You may find that um, this ratio is the right ratio. You may find that uh, the standard is a standard for a reason. You give it enough data, enough time, like you are convinced that a new rep comes in. If you do this, it will work. And so you're standing on solid ground. And so when you recruit an onboard people, you're not like waffling because you like you have this like new salesperson who's just like pushing back and they don't have a clue and you are letting them run your freaking department right and that's where we fall short when when sales leaders lose conviction and they lose holding the standard Um, so that's just some examples that come to mind
0: yeah i think it's really important if you've ever been in a situation where you've hired somebody without having either a super clear job description or a real kpi to hold them to you have probably been there before where the the inmates are running the asylum and you know you kind of lose your authority and uh, ability to lead when you don't have those in place. Yeah, very scary. <laughs> so as we're talking, you know, we're steering down the end of this year. You know, we're we're heading into these last couple of months of the year. I'm I'm curious uh, what is a trend that you think all sales leaders and business owners should be focused on right now as we're wrapping up 2023 and trying to prep ourselves for
1: 2024 yeah um you know i'm a classic i'm a fundamentals guy i'm not one to chase shiny objects because it's so distracting and i can say some trend you know that's out but you know this is the time where contractors typically try to retool and pick the right you know tools to upgrade their business uh that you know that they have their business in the in the office and in their shop. And then they actually literally have tools to go do the work, but they need business tools to improve their business. This is the time, you know? So one trend is, is just, look, don't walk into next year and not do anything different. Not try to find any way to improve. Maybe it's a digital marketing partner. Maybe it's a CRM. Maybe it's a presentation, you know, tool, a content management tool, like Engage. Maybe it's a sales training partner. Maybe it's, Um, you know, some sort of business operational system like a EOS or a, you know, Gallup, you know, Rockefeller habits type thing. And so you, you need to find something that's just, you need to do that. And, uh, I would say also don't do 15 things. Like what's the one thing that could really transform everything. It may be a subtraction of a thing. You may say, man, if I cut that out, it'll just relieve me so much. And guess what happens when you're relieved? You have more energy to put toward the thing that's already working. So I would just be like, be wise, take some time to get with your leadership team, develop a plan and and really get on the same page because uh we're used to running and gunning. And the summertime guys are foot on the gas, fifth gear, you know, no breaks. What's breaks? I don't even know. Let's go. And this is the time to like hold on. Like, let's just get ourselves organized here. Let's really know what we're gonna do. What did we learn? What can we do that could actually transform our business for the better? Or we can increase our profits or whatever it may be, morale and reduce turnover. There's a lot of opportunities. So um, I'm more of a fundamentalist in a sense where uh, the fundamentals work. Don't get too deviant off of those things and chase some, some new trend. Make sure you're covering your bases and doing the, the, the fundamentals and everything will work out for your favor, um, whether you have the newest tech or not. I'd rather have an organization who doesn't have a CRM that prospects and can close deals than a company with a CRM that can't do jack that doesn't prospect or know how to close deals. right, what would you rather have?
0: Yeah, I think we'd rather have money in the bank. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that is a great place to leave it. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. Really enjoyed having you on. And if folks want to learn more about Sales Transformation Group, um, you can honestly just head to the Engage website in our partners page. STG is listed right there. You can click on it and get connected with Ryan and the folks over there if you'd like to learn more. Thank you, Ryan.
1: Thank you. Appreciate have you having me on today. Thanks, Pam.
0: Thanks for listening to the Engaged Podcast. Be sure to visit Engaged.io for more information on how to create, share, and measure your way to success. If you like the Engaged Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify or Amazon Music. Until next time.